It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we looked at three Nicktoon episodes with no dialogue. We also put out our weekly Twitter poll, which was, Are you a Spongebob or a Squidward? And you guys voted about pretty much exactly two-thirds of you voted for Squidward, which was interesting. I don't know why I thought we'd have more Spongebob than Squidward. I have to agree with you there. This was definitely an interesting Twitter poll. This time, we've got three episodes that revolve around Friday the 13th. Stay safe out there, all you superstitious listeners. And if you really enjoy our podcast, we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. So don't be a Squidward. Go do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Our first episode is from Fairly Odd Parents. It's entitled That Old Black Magic, and it's from Season 2, Episode 11. And in this one, Timmy Turner goes to an amusement park on Friday the 13th, and uh, he's able to see the anti-fairies with special glasses given to him by Cosmo and Wanda, and he realizes that they are causing all sorts of problems that appear to be bad luck on the surface. Yeah, so again, this is like Friday the 13th, Timmy's parents are very superstitious. We open up, they are driving ridiculously slow in traffic. Turtles are passing them, like a literal turtle is passing them on the street. They are terrified. And um, for whatever reason, I, I don't really understand, but apparently part of them being superstitious meant that Timmy's dad should have two cell phones. Because why not? Yeah, and he's like, Specifically, only talking to himself on <laughs> And because he's using these two cell phones, he starts driving his car with his feet, which is like the least safe thing you could do on a day where you're scared. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, classic Timmy's parents' logic. <laughs> it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And we find out they're, they're going to the wonderful world of Adrenaland. Such a which... great title. A, a strong contrast to where they normally go, which is Escalator Land. Ooh. <laughs> the, we got that running joke. The when's the, When do we get to the ride? This is the ride. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful idea. I don't know who came up with that one, but it's great. Yeah, I think Timmy's dad loves Escalator Land. I think both of their parents, or both of his parents, seem pretty, pretty thrilled there. But they, you know, Timmy is now greater than ten years old because apparently this theme park, you need to be greater than ten. Which, what a common age for them to check, right? Yeah, yeah, very bizarre. But I forget if I've talked about it on the podcast or not. But I'm a huge roller coaster junkie. I love going to theme parks like all over the U.S. and Canada too. Last summer, and. Uh, the Spleen Puncher is the big ride that Timmy's looking forward to going on, and it just looks brutal. Like, I don't think even I would go on this one, Ashley. I mean, it, it like, literally makes people lose their spleens, right? Yep, that's the whole... Yep, that's the fun of it. There's, like, a punching... One of those punching extendable arms that punches the car off the track. It's it's horrifying, honestly. You know, side note, 
Well, well, we'll get there later, but there's another episode that mentions spleens and their removals. My spleen! We'll <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Timmy's all pumped up about it, and what keeps happening is, like, every ride he's about to go on, one of those classic things happens. You know, like a black cat walks by, he walks under a ladder, um, a mirror gets broken, and the ride gets shut down. And he's getting super annoyed because he's like, what? What's the deal? Like, I just want to go on these fun rides. And that's when Cosmo and Wanda are like, oh, it's the anti-fairies. You know what these anti-fairies? And I, I believe this is the their introduction to the show. They definitely show up at least a few more times. Yeah, the anti-fairies are great. We considered doing an entire episode around them eventually, and maybe we'll still do that. I'm not sure. We'll have to think about it. But they're pretty great, especially anti-Cosmo and anti-Wanda. So Timmy ends up wishing that he can go and like talk to the anti-fairies, right? So a door opens to Fairy World where he goes and goes to their like jail cells where they're all held captive. Yeah, I, I fail to understand a little bit. Apparently on Friday the 13th, is it that more of them are able to get out for some reason? Or is it just that they like having more chaos than normal? Because why don't they cause chaos on other days? The logic is very flawed. Uh, this, so anti-Cosmo is, of course, brilliant. And the anti-Wanda is, you know, a, a dumb country bumpkin. <laughs> and uh, at least that's how she's portrayed. And... Cosmo says, anti-Cosmo says, you know, we were just waiting for the day when on some Friday the 13th, some kid with fairies went to Adrenaland and did all this. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. It didn't read. But regardless, Timmy lets him out. Which, Timmy's being an idiot, honestly. Yeah. What, what else should I expect from him? And we basically... They just start causing complete chaos, like absolute chaos throughout the entire world because they're all let out, and the door to fairy, from Fairy World is open, so they just go everywhere, and we we see a couple of scenes of like mass chaos happening, like we see um, the president of the United States being talked to by you know the Secret Service or whoever, and they're like don't, whatever you do, don't press that red button. And he's like, you mean this one? And he just goes and hits the button, starting a nuclear war. Which, like, even as an anti-fairy, I feel like that's a little bit far, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're the anti-fairies. I don't, I like them, but I don't get them. Yeah, I like, I mean, I guess they just like to be disruptive. Yeah, because regular fairies don't, but, like, regular fairies are pretty destructive on their own, to be fair. Yeah, it's not like they're trying to save the world, necessarily. Regardless. Uh, can we talk about Penn Teller intersection? Yeah, that was great. Um, if you guys don't know, Penn and Teller, two very famous magicians. Um, they're a duo. They're a duo. They're a great duo. I love them. Uh, one of them doesn't talk. I always forget who is who. Yeah, me too. But the the shorter of the two of them doesn't talk. It's like his thing. Not that he can't. He just doesn't. It doesn't matter. They're great magicians. I thought that was a really clever 
sort of, uh, you know, addition mm-hmm. magic. They're in fairy world. Clever, clever ideas there. But basically, the sense of getting resolved, uh, Timmy goes out to, like, the middle of a desert and starts wishing for, like, um, basically, like, giant walking black cats and giant, you know, ladders and, like, he starts just tipping salt all over the place in order that all of the anti-fairies, you know, get really excited by it and he just opens the door to fairy world and they go back in. Again, it's a pretty lazy resolution, but definitely not as bad as most of the Control-Z type wishes that we see. Control-Z wishes. Also, can we talk about Chet Ubecha's, like, title for this whole scandal um when he is reporting on it he says bad luck amok <laughs> and in the middle of that like something messes with him i forget what some some madness i love chet every time he shows up i'm in a better mood yeah chet you betcha is the hero we all need yeah moral of the story oh actually really quick i forgot to mention the bit there's there's this constant bit of Timmy keeps on stepping on cracks, and you know the, the phrase, like, step on a crack, break your mother's back, and he constantly breaks her back. It gets rebroken, like, ten times. She ends up in this, like, magnet, like, horseshoe case, like, lucky horseshoe place where she can keep her back straight, so... It's, uh... Yeah, it's it's a running bit. Yeah, you would think if, like, if, if stepping on a bed literally broke my mother's back, I think I would be a little bit more cautious than he is. Right. But he's Timmy. He's careless and selfish. It's what he does. That's fair enough. Anyways, they, they decide, after all of the chaos that happened in Adrenaline, they are going to make a nice, easy day in Escalator Land and are joined by the president himself. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and he... Uh, that that line from the beginning comes back again. When do we get to the ride? The president says, and uh, Timmy's dad says, "This is the ride," and they all start cheering. They're having a grand old time. It seems like they should have just gone to Escalator Land to begin with, or none of it would have happened. Yeah, I, I think Timmy is the only one that truly was dying to go to Adrenaland, and yeah, maybe maybe they could have gone on a day that wasn't Friday the Thirteenth too, especially considering his parents were so superstitious in the first place. Right. Whatever. They did what they did. I, I think it's a fun episode. I like that it kind of plays on, you know, the classic superstitions and the idea of there being some sort of realness in this world that has fairies and stuff behind that. And I don't know. I, I had fun with it. The anti-fairies are a great, although weird, addition to the show. Having a very smart version of Cosmo chilling around is always, always good times. But I think that about sums up all of my thoughts. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it for me. Next up, we have an episode from SpongeBob. Our second episode is from SpongeBob. It's called Graveyard Shift, and it's from Season 2, Episode 16. This is a classic one. Uh, ends up, or starts off with Mr. Krabs deciding that the Krusty Krab should be open. 24-7. SpongeBob gets very excited about the night shift that he's running until Squidward tells him the story of the hash-slinging slasher, and then things get a little crazy. It's a doozy, this story, and one that I'm sure you all remember. Uh, 
If you're listening to this podcast, I think it's safe to assume that you have seen this episode, but just to rehash a little bit, um, basically, Mr. Krabs is further exploiting his workers, as he is wont to do. He realizes when Squidward closes the restaurant that there are still customers who would eat late at night. And he goes, you know what, right on the spot, you know, he doesn't say, hey guys, in a week we're going to start doing this. He says, right now, we're going to start staying open 24-7. Yeah, I wonder if there's just no labor loss anywhere in Bikini Bottom, and if if there are any, why he's getting away with this. Can Squidward really not find a better job? Because he's pretty much horrible to his employees, right? I guess we see in the episode where he goes on strike that he really can't do much better, can he? Right. Maybe it's all like a, a Marxist sort of statement about the exploitation of the working class and that Spongebob is all just a setup for this. That's, that's exactly how I think it's going to go, basically. Um, yeah, but Spongebob, being Spongebob, is excited. He's like, now we never have to stop working, which is his dream, I guess. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like this that makes me think that maybe I'm not such a Spongebob, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, that that might inform my trivia, my, uh, not trivia, my Twitter poll answer. But, you know, we get in there, and at the beginning it's fun, to an extent, I guess, as fun as working at the Krusty Krab can be. Spongebob has his kind of classic run where he's like, I'm chopping up tomatoes at night, I'm doing whatever stupid thing I'm doing at night. And then he's like, ow, I burnt my hand. Yeah, nice. his, his hand starts like simmering red. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. One of those iconic moments that SpongeBob is chock full of. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing just out of irritation, Squidward decides to start telling this, this tale, and he's like, "Well, you know what happens late at night, right?" And he's like, "Oh, well, you already know the tale. Everyone's heard it, and SpongeBob really wants to hear it, and then." You start hearing again the tale of the hash-slinging slasher, which Spongebob cannot for the life of him get his mind around that title. Yeah, he keeps just trying and failing. It's the hash-blinging, babash-slinging. It just goes on and on and on. And I do want to... Yeah. I want to call attention to Squidward's uncharacteristically great storytelling in this episode. And of course, it only happens when he's trying to, you know, freak out Spongebob. Where is that effort in the rest of his life? Yeah, you know, it's almost as though, considering it, you've got to assume that he's making this all up off the top of his head, right? Uh-huh. He's got pretty good creativity. Yes. And, like, why doesn't that inform his clarinet playing? Why doesn't that inform his art, which we've seen is pretty... Non-creative. Yeah, pretty mediocre at best. Um, I guess, you know, maybe maybe he's meant to be an author, but he just never really went that route. Yeah, Who knows? that could be. Squidward has a sad life, and we could we could go on and on. I think Tw- Squidward is one of the most tragic characters in all of SpongeBob. Honestly, but he does have his fun here for a bit, and then SpongeBob starts screaming, and I I got so annoyed at this. And he just he just continuously yells over and over again for a good, I don't know, 30 seconds? Maybe it was yeah. shorter, but it felt long. SpongeBob is usually better than that. It's it's sort of a, I love Cartoon Network, but it's more of a Cartoon Network move, you know, the repetitive, or like a family guy bit, where the joke is that the joke goes on too long, you know? It, I, I was never into it, even when I was a kid. Yeah, it didn't do much for me. And then 
immediately after Squidward's like, oh, it's a joke, and we get the same thing, but with laughing. And yeah. it's just not, I don't know, I think I might have found it funny as a kid, but I, I did not find it funny in the, the rehash no. of it. I do, I'm obsessed with the image of Spongebob eating his own arms like popcorn. Um, because he, he keeps removing his arms because Squidward talks about how the hash-slinging slasher, his arm got sliced off, and Spongebob's like, you mean like this, like this, like this? And he's able to keep tearing off his arms, and it grows back immediately because he's a sponge, and Squidward goes, yes, except it doesn't go, grow back. That's when he starts screaming. Later on, we see Spongebob eating all of his own arms like popcorn, and it's so, it's so shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of out of hand, yeah. but at the same time... It's... Uh, <laughs> out of hand... <laughs> Oh, God, I hate myself right now. That was unintentionally bad. Yikes. That's, the, that's all I can say about that, moving moving forward. <laughs> um, yeah, so eventually we kind of reached this this lull in the customer base, right? They, there was a few in and out for a while, and then they reached this point where they're, they're kind of just not common much anymore. And, oh, there's, there's the three signs, right? Let's see if I can remember these off. First, the lights will flicker on and off. Uh-huh. Then the phone will ring, and nobody will be there. And then the third isn't really a sign, right? Isn't the third it, thing just like that the guy ends up showing up? that he shows it? up on a bus, yep. <laughs> that's not really like a warning sign, that's just the event itself. <laughs> right. That's number three. But then the uh, walls will ooze green slime is not one of them, because they already do that. Yeah, if, I, if, you, if you made the distribute question, I would definitely have gotten it right. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, trivia. Never again. We will. We will eventually. We'll get back to it, for sure. Not quite yet. Uh-huh. So now, all these things that he's been making up as he goes along start coming true, and Spongebob is, uh, like... It still thinks it's a joke because he's like, oh, Squidward, you're doing all this for me, blah, blah, blah. And then we have this amazing moment where the bus drops off what appears to be the hash-slinging slasher and Squidward is freaking out and Spongebob starts crying. Squidward's like, why are you crying? And Spongebob goes, I'm just so touched that you would do all this for me, that you would dress up like the hash-slinging slasher and go over there. And Squidward goes, okay, Spongebob, there are two problems with that. One, I hate you. <laughs> and two, how can that be me when I'm standing right here? And then Spongebob starts screaming. And before that, Spongebob says, you must really like me. I feel like I feel like that's like you and me in any conversations we have. Like, I feel like you'd be like, you know, actually, I really appreciated that you did this. You must really like me, and I would just be like, Casey, I hate I you. Hate you. Phenomenal. <laughs> and we we also get this this next great moment where the again we think the Hashleying Slasher is coming towards them. They both are assuming that they're about to die, and uh, Squidward says. You know, Spongebob, whatever I said, I always kind of liked you. <laughs> and Spongebob goes, Squidward, I used your clarinet to unclog my toilet. Which I don't think it would work, right? If you used the bell side, it probably could. It would be really gross. Like, <laughs> it would not be the best manner, I don't no. think. No. No, it isn't. But it's a great line. Oh, and then, Ashley, I can't even talk about the notes for Atu part. Do you want to explain... Yeah, apparently Casey has some, like, childhood trauma over this. He, I do. He's really terrified. Um, I think, again, if you've seen this, you remember this. I remember it throwing me off so much as a kid. I was like, what's going on? 
but they, they figure out that, you know, it's not really the hashling and clasher. It's a guy who's applying for the job who kept calling and hanging up because he was nervous. And <laughs> he brought his own spatula. His sleeve was just covering up the rest of his arm. Yeah. And they're like, but then who was flickering the light? And we see this, like, old school, black and white, I don't even know how to explain him, kind of monster-esque looking guy. And everyone's just like, oh, no, Sparatu. And it just ends. And then he smiles. No, you left out the smile. That's the worst part. No, oh, Andy, see, this this wasn't even impactful on my life. That's that's how much I, it just doesn't bother me. But Ashley, gets, Ashley, I would, smile. I would close my eyes for the end of the episode after the first time I saw it. For, like, all of the times I rewatched it. I also want to clarify here, because I've just realized now we haven't said it. We do recognize this isn't technically a Friday the 13th episode. Oh, yeah. Speaking, we felt like it had the same kind of idea, the superstitions and, like, the creepy things coming true. Uh, and uh, I tried. I couldn't find a third Friday the 13th-themed episode. If yeah. they're already that somebody can find, I'd be happy to watch them. But... We thought there was a Mr. Meaty one, but we couldn't find it anywhere. So Yeah, um... I found... I, I'm not even 100% positive. Somebody could even confirm that for me. I read on the Mr. Media Wikipedia that there was one, but I found it in, like, no watchable format anywhere on the internet i couldn't even buy like a dvd set of the show or something if i wanted to go that route i i am not 100 percent sure such an episode even exists but there might have been and i loved mr meaty that show was so weird and so my kind of offbeat humor and we haven't talked about it yet because it's so hard to access but one day one day for now we figured this would be an appropriate substitute it's an episode everyone knows and loves and it is sort of superstition-y yeah definitely one of the classics. Everyone knows the half-slinging slasher. It's an amazing, amazing character for sure. I think that sums up everything I want to say about it. Any other thoughts? Me too. Let's move on to Hey Arnold with an actual Friday the 13th episode. Our third and last episode is from Hey Arnold, entitled Friday the 13th. It's from Season 4, Episode 14B. Yeah, how about that title? A little on the nose, am I right? Literally the title of our podcast this week. Um, In this episode, the school bully, I guess, Wolfgang, dares Arnold and the gang to break a bunch of superstitions, which causes a lot of bad luck to erupt, even though Arnold insists that he does not believe in superstitions. Yeah, this this is a solid one. There's a couple of golden moments, a lot of them revolving around the grandparents. We start out, the first thing we see is that there's just a bunch of black cats following around Grandma, who is dressed like a cat. Like, completely bodysuit, cat ears. And she's talking about, because it's Friday the 13th, she wants to round up all of the black cats around. Who knows why? Grandma's crazy. And I, I love her. I love her. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, Grandpa has this uh, this chant that he does. Uh, do you wanna Do you wanna recite it? <laughs> yeah, he in this moment specifically, his is salt, salt as you fly, hit the devil in the eye, and that's what you said. You know, if you knock over salt, it's bad luck. You're supposed to throw it over your shoulder. I guess the idea is that you're hitting the demons with the salt. I don't know, but just that that line is. So great, and we'll we'll talk about the ending theme in a bit. But oh, it's amazing! Yeah, the credit, the song that plays out the credits is one for the books. You know, I've never actually seen this episode. Ashley, I thought I'd seen every episode of Hey Arnold, but I have no recollection of this whatsoever. I definitely watched this one as a kid, and to be honest, I think 
the first time I saw it. I didn't know what Friday the 13th was. Wow. Like, I didn't know the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I was young and, like, you know, it just doesn't come up. And so I feel like this was, this is why I knew that Friday the 13th was terribly unlucky and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Arnold goes to school, and these the Sky Wolfgang and his, like, yes man who follows him around, they're kind of giving Arnold a hard time. They're sort of picking on him about, like, superstitions and step on a crack, you break your mother's back. And Arnold is, like, above it and too good for them for a while, being like, back off, I don't believe in that. And then they call him Chicken, and something inside him kind of snaps. And they're like, he won't step on a crack, he won't do it. And uh, he does, and so does Gerald, and this sort of, like, accompanied by, like, a funky bass, and he's, like, dancing around because Gerald is amazing. Yeah, I think he, like, does the splits, too, which is pretty impressive on concrete. Yeah. But, yeah, so they they end up just going through, and I I feel for Arnold on this one, right? I'm very much a no-superstition kind of person. You know, you hear me, the cynical scientist. I'm, I'm cheering him on. He's no fear just going to go through and do this. And to be honest, I, I remember as a kid, I had similar moments. You know those, like, Bloody Mary things where you would, like, say it in the mirror and then someone would, like, show up or something? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember, like, I would always I would always do those things fearlessly. So I, I feel Arnold on this yeah, one. Yeah, like, I would do them because I was like, guys, this is stupid. I haven't died yet. Yeah, to quote uh, the great Michael Scott from The Office, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> and uh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> I forgot about that line. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, but Arnold isn't even a little stitious. He's completely non-stitious. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's owning it, but Wolfgang, because they want to kind of mess with him, starts intentionally ruining his whole day. He, like, mm-hmm. takes the air out of their tires of their bikes. He, however, I, I know he advised fish heads to drop on them so black cats start following them. Ugh. And he just, he's just messing with them to make them think they have bad luck. Which yeah. is pretty smart, I guess, in a manner. Could also interpret it as a statement that the, the real bad luck is man-created. <laughs> yeah, it, man, it's very... Man. Wolfgang, I feel like he he likes to cause a lot of issues. Right, and that's supposedly the but, bad luck that keeps happening to Arnold. Um, I just feel so bad yeah, for Arnold, Arnold and I, Gerald. They're so nice to everyone. They don't deserve this. Yeah, no, they they definitely don't. And I guess a little bit of their pride did get caught up in them. But again, they they do kind of start thinking, well, maybe we are unlucky. They buy this weird like magic good luck thing, and they comes with like garlic necklaces that they put around them and they say like garlic chains around our necks save us from this evil hex which i guess like if you have bad luck following you all of a sudden you might start to you know have some correlation causation issues yeah it's pretty metal too that chant but they're trying their best i I don't remember what they, they switch out like there were some cream in the box and they switched out with something that bees like. And there's this giant swarm of bees chasing them. That's kind of terrifying, honestly. I'm a little bit scared of bees. I feel like that would be enough for me to just, like, go inside and not want to do anything. 
Yeah, it, it, I admire their perseverance. Uh, can we get to the conclusion of this episode where we have the plot brought, the point brought up in the beginning with Gertie, Grandma Gertie and her 13 black cats? Um, there's a big payoff for this where Arnold tells his grandparents what's going on. She basically finds him and releases her cats on him, Wolfgang and his, his crony. And they say, 13 black cats on Friday the 13th. That's like a gazillion years bad luck. <laughs> yes. And they totally deserve this. We also did see Wolfgang carrying around a uh, uh, rabbit's, rabbit's foot. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. So he's definitely superstitious. He's terrified. And he totally deserves this after what they did to him. Yes, and earlier earlier they call Arnold and Gerald Blighted and all these other names, and Arnold's like, we're not Blighted, and uh, Gerald's like, I don't even know what that means, and he goes, we'll look it up later. And then at the very end of the episode, they're walking away smugly from this cat attack, and uh, Gerald says, come on, let's go look up the word Blighted. Beautiful. And what does it actually mean? Let me check. You know, um, I, I did look it up, because I was I was a little uncertain myself. So let me let me do it again because I apparently can't remember. No, it's like hold on. This is... it's like infected, or yeah. like ruined. So just like a bummer. <laughs> Which I don't know why. I guess is Wolfgang smart? There's a running joke that he's actually smart. Like the the um, his buddy laughs at something he says, and he goes, "You're not supposed to laugh when I say smart stuff." And he goes, "Uh, sorry, Wolfgang." <laughs> Yeah, his his goon is definitely a full on goon, but yes, he's not supposed to be stupid. He's just supposed to be a complete jerk. Yeah, and that's that's the conclusion of the episode. It's kind of, you know, I guess there's not really much of a moral in this one. Get back at your bullies; they deserve it. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I like I like that he breaks the bully stereotype too. Yeah, it's it's a fun one for sure. This yeah. is there's a lot of good times, and then again we get to our ending. There's just a bunch of chants, like, I don't know, six or seven of them, of Grandpa saying, like, various things of, like, salt, salt, queen of spices, save us from the devil's spices. And there's, like, this this funky beat going on in the background. It's a jam. There's lots of banging music going on in the background, and it's, it's just hilarious. And the fact that they came up with so many of these rhymes to do with salt... It's just beautiful. Salt, salt, from the ocean, save us from the devil's potion. My favorite is save us from the prince of darkness, which he's, like, referring to Satan. <laughs> yeah. I so. Well, uh, I, I love Grandpa. He's, he's golden. He really and, is. I mean, that's on our top secondary character list. Just so many crazy great lines. But, yes. You know, it's a fun episode. I, I don't know if I would say it's one of the best of Hey Arnold, but it does have a lot of in it's it for unique sure. too. It's an unlike any other Hey Arnold episode. Right, I think that sums up all of my thoughts. You good? Yeah, mine too. Next up, we have our conclusion, which will include our fun fact, Twitter poll, and a preview for next time. Our fun fact this week is SpongeBob related, related to. Casey's favorite character, uh, Nosferatu, <laughs> who shows up in the, the ending little bit there. He's actually from a 1922 silent horror film, which I thought was pretty cool, and especially considering our considering our silent-themed episode from last week, kind of, you know, fit what we were talking about. 
Yeah, that was a cool coincidence. However, I will never watch anything Nosferatu related, and I'll probably never watch this Graveyard Shift episode again, so... You know, I'm kind of... I'll, I'll watch the film. I'll let you know what it's like. I want to look at Nosferatu all day, every day. Well, okay, in, in fairness, I am over it. Like, I watched this one and didn't, like, freak out, but... <laughs> It took me back. It took me back. <laughs> Our Twitter poll for this week is very simple. It is inspired by The Office, but also this episode. Are you superstitious, a little stitious, or not stitious at all? Let us know. And that's at FNN underscore podcast. I'm sure we'll see a lot of varying responses to this one, especially given that it will be Friday the 13th when this is released. So I'm sure some of you guys will be a little, little on edge, you know? Yeah. Uh, preview for next week. We're going to be doing another comparison, similar to our Donnie Darwin episode from a while back. This time we'll be looking at Helga and Angelica and kind of comparing the way their family dynamic works, why they both kind of end up being bullies in the way that they are, and just kind of digging deep into it a most. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one for sure. And you guys all decided that Angelica deserves coal. Uh, for our holiday special over Helga, so we'll we'll see if that holds up in the episodes that we choose. All right, well, that's it for this time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.